War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Best lawn ever, guaranteed. Contact Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today. Now, you can call them, 401-392-1025. Get a quick, easy quote. The best thing to do, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. They have a great website. It's easy, lawndoctor.com, lawndoctor.com. Then just put in your zip code. Get a quick, easy a quote. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Take Get part of their premium eight-service program. Early spring, spring lime, late spring, summer, Grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall, Lawn Doctor, online at lawndoctor.com. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It's Friday. We are on the verge of the Memorial Day weekend, and this portion of the program is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop it and see them. Make it a great day. They're open right now. They're open until 2 o'clock ron's pastry gourmet delicious calzones delicious uh wimpy skimpy sausage and pepper they also have the famous trump 2024 chocolate donuts pies let's go brandon cupcakes stock up for the weekend if you're having a cookout imagine your guest arriving and you have trump 2024 chocolate donuts or you have let's go brandon cupcakes or delicious sausage and pepper calzones buffalo chicken calzones pepperoni and cheese calzones ron's pastry gourmet 170 royal little drive in providence well folks we're continuing the developments regarding the missing woman in warwick i do have updates on that there's a person of interest that the police have wanted to talk to and it's my understanding and we are reporting that the police were able to catch up with her yesterday so we're going to follow that and there could be some developments on that missing person's case of charlotte lester over the course of the weekend in the meantime a lot of developments uh, right now that are happening in Texas, and unfortunately, none of them good. Let's go to some of the sound, such as this morning. Boy, the police are really under fire uh, in Texas. Let's hear. This is um, Representative Gonzalez on Fox and Friends this morning dropping this bombshell. Listen to this. tell you what needs to change right now there needs to be better coordination of troubled teens <clears throat> now it's a little bit of a dicey area simply because you start to go into HIPAA laws but they definitely needs to see what he just revealed is that four years ago and, and listen to this next clip the police even put out a press release announcing that they had arrested a teen who was saying in 2022 I'm going to shoot up a school guess who it was it was the shooter there needs to be better coordination. There needs to be background checks. I believe someone's 18 years old. They're going in to purchase a weapon. I think the age limit should be raised for for a certain type of rifle, not a hunting rifle, but a certain but whatever. But there needs to be police need to have a better idea. And by the way, gun store owners need a better idea of who it is that's standing in front of them. It's not an 18-year-old uh, kid who just turned 18 and, oh, look at that. He's got a clean adult record because he's been 18 for all of, you know, six hours. What they need to do is there needs to be a better coordination and tracking that, you know, this shooter went off the rails at age 14. In four years from now, in 2022, I'm going to shoot up a school. That's not a threat to be taken lightly. The Buffalo shooter said that. The Buffalo supermarket shooter did that. And then they both did it when they were 18. There's definitely, 
This doesn't just happen. We're learning now. Now, there's also a lot of questions. Police completely. I don't blame the people. And and also, let me just play this last piece. This was on Fox and Friends um, this morning. So four years ago, he came out and said, you know, he was saying that he was going to shoot up a school in his senior year in 2022. Did he write this down? Did he write this down? Did he post it? I don't know the exact details, but the police arrested him. And they actually submitted a, pre- a press release on that, you know, stating, hey, this is what is happening. Uh, so they're very transparent in that manner. I don't know what happened between then and now, but, I mean, he's saying this four years ago. That he's gonna, and many of these shooters... You know, that that is... Um, well, that is a major problem. That is a game changer. The police are really under fire in Texas. And, you know, folks, I also... And, again, you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You know, I... um. I, as many of you know, I mean, I support the police, and I, I feel like I, I was wrong in this situation because people, some of the parents were saying they should have gone in. I took the police at their word on the timeline, and now it turns out that that timeline was bogus. They, the, the police said that there was a school resource officer that, you know, uh, exchanged gunfire with, with the gunman, and he somehow with his his car crashed into a ravine and then he walked with his weapons to the school he was shooting outside for 12 minutes i i don't have an answer on why the school didn't go into lockdown and then he he entered the school through an unlocked door I, again i don't i don't have an answer on that um i have no idea why that happen like that and there's an awful lot of questions and good questions you know this father how how about you know there were some parents that ran in and and took out their children themselves as the police were standing around this these things happen very quickly from what we understand within five minutes he shot and killed the classroom now a good question is what was he doing in the meantime other than then police are getting in and they're exchanging fire with him but this thing went on for an hour so I, I, I was wrong. I, I took the police at their word. In Texas, this was the wrong time for the police to, I, and I don't know who made the decision on this. Listen to this father. We didn't see that. And we're from here to at least a house away, you know. And we heard, we heard the shots, you know. We heard, but they, they're just going to go, go back. Um, and they're going to do our job, but their job was to go in and, and, and save lives, not wait and said it was within minutes and, and i don't know if you guys were there the the, the policeman said it was like what 35 45 minutes before and that was the truth even though that that's how long you know they went to actually what we saw was going and god knows how long my little girl or the rest were, were like that i honestly think that it, it could have been so a lot more could have been prevented if they were prepared you know it's that I didn't see no preparedness at all. I mean, they, as soon as they heard that gunshot, they should have rushed in. But while I was there, I didn't see nobody rushed in. And that's what the, 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 a lot of the parents were arguing with the police. Was, y'all need to go in. Y'all need to go do your jobs. And then their, their, their response was, we're here to, we can't do our job because you guys are interfering. Like, but yeah, there's plenty of the guys there that can be going inside, you know, can't go inside and do their job. You know, and I know it's 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 hectic, it was chaos, but still, I, I believe there there should have been more more training for 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 something like this. You know, nobody expects it in a small town, but I promised my little girl, and, um, <laughs> boy, it's hard to hospital, and I promised her, to, you know, her her, um, her death is not going to be, you know, in vain. You know, uh, one mother heard about the shooting. And drove 40 minutes to the to the school, and she gets there, and it's still going on. Uh, it, it 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 does not, it it just does not make sense. And that press conference yesterday, boy, that regional director, he looked like a complete jackass. Um, and the press were do not doing nothing wrong. It was reported that a school district police officer confronted the suspect that was making entry. Not accurate. He walked in unobstructed in this wow. So from the grandmother's house to the barge to the school, 
into the school, he was not confronted by anybody. To clear the record on that. Four minutes later, law enforcement are coming in. Yeah, but they didn't they didn't storm. This went on way too long. Some lives could have been saved. This is like a Keystone Cop operation. Wow, were they exposed? Until 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 we receive an interview, because there was numerous officers at that classroom, numerous. Once we interview all those officers, what they were thinking, what they did, why they did it, the video, the residual interviews, we'll have a better idea. Could anybody have gone there sooner? You gotta understand, small town. Yeah, people from Eagle Pass, from Del Rio. What a mess. And on top of that, um, now this is Thursday. Like, what, what, what do you mean once we talk to them? Why aren't you talking to them? The parents were insisting go in there, and they did nothing. This was a, what a botched operation this was. Wow. That's a tough question. That's a tough question. Again, it goes back. Our job is to report the facts. Report the facts, and later we can answer those questions. I don't have enough information to answer that question just yet. One more, one more question, please. Is it accurate that eyewitnesses and potentially parents of the students were urging uh, the police to go in while you were waiting for a tactical SWAT team? Even that some parents were asking to borrow police armor so they could make a counter assault on the school. I have heard that information, but we have not verified. It's true. That, yet. that happened. So. We have not verified is that, is that a true statement or not, or is it just rumor out there? So you got to understand, we're getting a lot of information we're trying to track down. What a clown. I hate saying that. I do. I hate saying it, but it's just, it does not sound good. It sounds like they really, um, well, we're going to find out more, but... None of this is sounding good, and especially, uh, like I said, you know, one one parent actually just went and helped her her children escape. They're also they're not answering the question of when they're saying he barricaded himself in. What does that mean? Um, uh, we're gonna have to wait and see. There's, there's nothing good about this, but there, there's gonna be massive lawsuits on this, massive accountability. The lives of that entire town are gonna be turned upside down. And there are certainly a lot more questions now than answers. It's Friday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. You are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining me right now, he is the columnist with the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And uh, Dan McGowan, folks, we are going to let you know how you can get roadmap for free and it comes week weekdays monday through friday and it arrives right in your inbox and not only does he always have a scoop and have different news but it's also links that you can find that appear in the boston globe and dan mcgowan once again you have a scope scoop in uh roadmap with uh i'm sure governor mckee must just be you know jumping for joy that Rhode Island is going to have this first in the nation. And not only that, it gives him some association and FaceTime with Dr. Ja. That's right. Yeah, Dr. Ja called me yesterday, actually, to give me the heads up that this uh, this was coming. Uh, and this is a, a essentially a, a, a test to treat center, which means 
basically you don't feel good. You know, you have COVID symptoms, you go get your COVID test, you test positive, you immediately see a doctor. The doctor, you know, decides whether or not you're eligible for this Paxlovid, the, the, one of the, the treatments that have been pretty successful. And they'll hand it to you right on, they'll hand you the prescription on the spot and completely free. Uh, this is something you're going to see roll out all over the country in kind of different forms, according to Dr. Ja. But Dr. Ja said they picked Rhode Island first, quite frankly, because Governor McKee raised his hand first. Uh, that, that's how he put it to me. He said, you know, they were on a call with, with other governors and other states and Governor McKee said, hey, I want to do this. I want to do it right away. Uh, I think Rhode Island happens to be a small enough place where it's really easy to move fast. Uh, doesn't hurt, of course, that you have, you know, Dr. Shaz, the, the, you know, still the on leave, but the uh, dean of the Brown Public School of Health. And, of course, right. you know, certainly probably doesn't help, doesn't hurt that, you know, Gina Raimondo's star is pretty high in the in the Biden administration. But, yeah, I think this is a big, uh, this is one of the few times that, you and I are talking, uh, you know, on a week where this is a win for Governor McKee. I yeah, think he's gonna, I think he's going to use it. I wouldn't be surprised if he finds a way to, you know, get this in a campaign commercial sure. uh, relatively quickly. And look, it is good news. It, it, it's, it's good that you can, you know, uh, pretty quickly get this done. You know, it's forget the politics of it. It's just, you know, free of charge. You can get your treatment. Uh, luckily, as Dr. Ja was saying, yes, cases have been rising both in Rhode Island and across the country, but you're not seeing the same increase in hospitalizations and deaths that we usually see from, you know, these spikes. So he said he thinks, you know, the country's in a much better place and will be even better once all these things roll out. All, uh, uh, granted, it's all brand new, but how, how, how and where would it work in McGowan? So, uh, you know, uh, just if you, I mean, and again, maybe it's fluid, but, but walk us through, how does it work? Yeah. So it'll be at the, the clinic Esperanza in Providence. Okay. Um, uh, and so that'll be the first location. And from what I can tell, at least right away, that'll be the only place in Providence, but that's a, you know, a sort of a public, you know, uh, place. It's not like you have to, uh, it's not like, you know, going in line at CVS and trying to sign up for your test or whatever. Um, it's going to function a lot the, the way, you know, you and I probably think of, um, uh, you know, the way the testing, the state testing centers work. You go, if you're not feeling good, you can, you know, you basically get in line, you get tested. And then right away, they just have it, providers is on it site. Cara, is the car a walk-up? I believe it's walk up, although walk it's a up. really good okay. question. Yeah, the, the way it was described to me was you walk in. So um, yeah. that could have been like colloquial language, though. So it could be car, but I, I was told it, it, it would be walk up. You know, you walk in. And, um, and I would imagine yeah. the first thing they do is they test you for COVID. Yep. And then you're positive. Then they, on the spot for free, give you the medicine. Exactly. But, okay. Do you have to, and again, I'm not, you're not part of the rollout. Do you have to be tested ahead of time or right there? So it's you get tested. Then if you're positive, they could give you the medicine. I believe you. I believe you. You get tested right on the spot. Right there. You you know, I think you and I are probably thinking the same thing, which is most of us now, you don't feel good. You take your home test. Yeah. And and then you just deal with it. I think what I would imagine, you know, if if John DePietro isn't feeling well, you take your home test, you say, boy, you know, I tested positive, I'm sick. You probably still go, you probably still get tested to kind of reconfirm it. Yeah. But then they just immediately connect you with the provider that can give you the prescription. Um, and so at least that's how it was explained to me. I mean, it's supposed okay. to be a, a one-stop shop, basically. Yeah. Just because of the CBS, I, I thought for the most part, you everything they tell you is online. So if you want to sign up, you know, for a booster that's, or a shot or that's right. Like that. And even your results, so, usually you get back, yeah. you know, over an email or whatever. Now, and, and where exactly is this clinic? So it sounds like Damagon, they and again, it in the high urban areas where it's obviously contagious and running rampant is where, where is this located? I believe Clinic Esperanza is on Valley Street. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. So it'll be a fairly. Yeah, it's it's 60 Valley Street. I just looked it up as you and I are talking. Yeah. Okay, so they want to really, it, it, and, and it's true, you look at, say, like an Oneyville area or Central Falls, those are high density areas and have been hot spots. Yeah. So it's a way, really, for that, those, 
Well, anyone, it sounds like anyone could go to it, but that's... It'll be, yeah, it's, it's open to anyone, but I mean, your instincts here are right. And, and, and yeah. Dr. Ja, you know, uh, you know, suggested this to me too. You know, they, they are thinking kind of equity first and sure, you know, Onlyville, as you remember, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic was the worst, uh, you know, in, in, in one of the worst zip codes in the country yeah. uh, for cases. So, you know, they want to do it and be very diverse in, in all that. But again, it, it's not going to be, it's not exclusive to, you know, people that live on Valley street. Uh, certainly you could come in, I come in, anybody can, can come in. Yeah. But it's certainly not on the East side. And <laughs> very north, true. The, Fair the, enough. The work Good mall. point. Or, and or East and Greenwich. Out of that area. That's right. Are. I think most people are not in and out of that area. Fair um, enough. Folks, so yes. speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, it, it had to have been politics involved and it certainly seems like it's an element of politics, but First of the nation, I have a lot of respect for Dr. Jha. So, uh, and, and Governor McKee, you know, he, I'm sure he's trying to turn the tide um, simply because I, it, 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 and I, there's a lot to talk about Tim McCown, but do you think, what was his reaction that Nelly Gorbea got, is getting the support from the cities and towns? Yeah, this is a, that was a, you know, a significant endorsement, I think, for yeah. kind of, in, for like the insiders, especially, because it's a wow. sign that, you know, if you think about it, right, Dan McKee's strength is supposed to be he's connected with, you know, the, the, the mayors. Traditionally, mayors run the city and town organizations, right? Right. I mean, in Providence, the, the mayor of Providence is the one who picks the Democratic Party chairman. Certainly in North Providence, you think that Charlie Lombardi would allow someone to be, a, you know, the, the party chairman without his support? Um and so, you know, for, for that to go in the direction of an endorsement for Nelly Gorbea, I think it's a uh, it's a significant blow to the strategy McKee is trying to employ. And I think it also raises questions about, you know, will the party endorse pre-primary over, will the Democratic Party overall endorse? Um, you know, traditionally, you would say you endorse the incumbent. This is a little different because he's not the real incumbent, at least in the sense of being an elected four-year governor. Um, I think Nelly Gorbea, it's another sign. She, she, she is, you know, acting like yeah. she is the leader in this race. And, you know, this yep. is kind of one more piece of validation for that. Folks, a uh, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Folks, call them today at 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. R.E. Coogan and Heating for plumbing, heating, and cooling listing. As we're transitioning right now from spring into summer, you want to make sure your cooling unit is going to serve you and your family, your employees well this summer. R.E. Coogan and Heating. As Coog says, we're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore our services. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Whether it be for plumbing, maybe a hot water tank, call R.E. Coogan Heating today. 401 401- 732-6562, 401-732-6562, hot water tanks, and especially let's make sure your cooling units are ready for what's going to be a hot summer. Look for them online, recooganheating.com, and also on Facebook, RE Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562. We're speaking with Dan McGowan. Uh, he's a columnist with the Boston Globe. Dan, let's talk about some of your columns, starting with, uh, and, and, and I like the verbiage you use, Rhode Island needs to prove it can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah, this is, you know, of course, the, the only thing anybody's talking about right now are, you know, are guns. And I've heard you and, and saw you on Twitter talking about it as well. You know, the uh, there should be no reason why, you know, legal weed and and guns are in the same conversation. But I think the truth is at the state house. The way legislative leadership, and that's, you know, the Senate president, Dominic Ruggiero, the House Speaker, Joseph Shikarchi, look at this, is, you know, we give out, uh, you know, these kind of left-leaning policies, you know, we, we, we'll give you one at a time, right? And so every year there's something, and some, sometimes they're very significant, whether it's the reproductive, you know, rights a couple of years ago, last year it was the Act on Climate uh, this year, it's certainly legal weed. I mean, there's there was no chance you were going to get anything related to guns this year. And if anybody complained about it, the the you know behind the scenes conversation would have been, well, we gave you weed, 
Now right. it's a little it, it's a little bit different because now you have you know this just horrific tragedy in Texas. So I think there is going to be some level of pressure to kind of do something. But you know the I, I would say, and I, I you know you, your listeners of course tend to lean a little more conservative than, than, than I am, or certainly the globe is. For folks out there though. You don't have to agree with me that that maybe there needs to be you know a ban on assault uh, you know uh, assault rifles or uh, you know or these these extended magazines, but understand that this is all a game to the folks at the state house. It is not about you know personal values or or anything like that. It's we give you one at a time. We give you enough to keep you happy. Uh, right. f- for the progressives, it, it has nothing to do with guns, and so you know traditionally. The, the legislature, you know, le- the legislative leadership kind of holds up the guns, but it's always going to be an issue, you know, that they're willing to trade, um, you know, for support in the future. And so, you know, whether it's this year or next year or 10 years from now, this this issue is always going to be on the table. I uh, and just to clarify, I, I don't even re- really regard this as a, a school issue because the, the Buffalo shooter, he thought of going to a school. Instead, he went to a grocery store. Right. This, as soon as this individual walked out of the store on his 18th birthday or whatever, right around there, with the it, to me, like the clock was ticking. He could have gone to a mall. Right. He ended up crashing his car into the school. But what I find interesting, Demogown, I, I'm impressed. With the governor of New York, they're going to raise the age limit to 21. Now, there's only six states. This is interesting to me. California, Florida, Hawaii, Illinois, Vermont, and Washington require a buyer to be at least 21 instead of 18 to purchase rifles or the shotguns. Dan McGowan, what's missing from that list? So for, for all this talk about gun safety in Texas, you have to be 21 to purchase a pistol. I, I, I just regard this as there's something wrong if that individual and the kid in Buffalo, both 18, if they can walk and legally purchase that type of weapon that the system is broken yeah yeah i mean you and i are on the same page certainly on this one i think look this is stealing from a i think a column that i read in the new york times but you have to wait till you have to wait till you're 21 to buy alcohol in this country right and 25 Uh, to rent a car to rent a car right uh and so you know the it doesn't seem like a heavy lift to have you know, slightly tougher gun laws. We're not talking about, you know, raiding people's homes and, and taking away their guns. We're talking about you shouldn't have, a you know, the ability to, you know, turn 18, blow out your birthday candles, and then go to the store and pick up an AR-15. Uh, and this this is not, and I've spent some time sometimes in the South, this is not, this is not a hunting rifle. And I, no. I'll just say this, Dave McGowan, I think you take that weapon, Away from him, kid of Buffalo was eighteen. Parkland shooter was nineteen. Adam Lane's at twenty. You take. Let's just focus on this one in Texas. You take that weapon away from that individual. He, he he's not stabbing nineteen and killing. You know there were twenty one, two teachers, twenty one people. All right, granted, you know problem with the grandmother, but he's not doing that with a handgun, and he's not even doing it with a rifle. That to me, that weapon empowers them. And you take that away, and again, you you know, we cover. I covered the stabbings and shootings in Providence, but it's just it, that's why to me that's the ingredient there is yeah. what that weapon does to that type of eighteen-year-old individual. Yeah, no question. I mean, you're you're seeing. I think in New York they're pushing for a, you know a ban on these on these kinds of weapons, and you're you're gonna I think see that conversation. Uh, you know, all over the place. Obviously, you're going to see it here in Rhode Island. But yeah, you're exactly right. Look, I, I think you know that kid. Same scenario. Walks in with two handguns. He'd do some damage. You know, people yes. probably would die. Um, there's no chance that you're going to have 19 kids no. uh, dead here. And so, um, and the school security you know, could take him out if he just had two handguns. Well, that's exactly right. And by the way, right. look, there, this is this is a conversation you know, is, is multifaceted. Like I yeah. hear the people that say, you know, we need to be much tougher when it comes to gun crime sentencing. Right. So the, so this address more. So the, you know, the, the situations in Providence, 
You should not be able to, you know, be out on bail, you know, when you have a serious gun charge against you, right? You should go to jail for longer. And sure, if you want to have a conversation about, you know, making the schools harder, those are reasonable conversations too. But we can't just pretend that the gun problem isn't, you know, isn't a factor here. And let's, let's look at everything else, right? Fine, take a holistic approach. But for God's sakes, let's not, you know, have a committee study this for a year. It's probably not necessary. Right. And folks, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And Dan, just one more point on that is, you know, I don't care what anyone says as, as a parent and just remembering, but there's a big difference between an 18-year-old male and a 21-year-old male. And one of the things that I think that is is it's unfair the way the system is set up right now is when you, when that – let's just focus on that shooter in Texas. When he walked in that store at 18, of course he has a clean record. And the, you, you know the juvenile penalties are – you know, are, are, you know, then wiped away or there's less penalties for, for juveniles. I can't even get the name of a juvenile shooter right. or someone that does that. But the, I believe 18 and 21, there's a lot of room where they would screw up where then when they turn 21, there's a good chance their actions when they're 18, 19, 20 prevent them from being allowed to get a weapon like that. That's but right. Because you, you right. are suddenly exposed. You're right. You're exposed when, you know, after you're 18, you're right. First of all, it's easier to be hit with a felony, uh, you know, in, in charges that, that will stick. You're also, you tend to be kind of, uh, you know, if you're a recluse or if you're, you know, having kind of mental health troubles, they're way more out in the open, you know, as you get older, right? Because supervision whether it's teachers or your parents or grandmother whatever uh so you're right i think there are lots of more chances where you know between 18 and 21 you would have a you, you know you might get kind of red flagged which red flag law yes you know and so you, you could get red flagged where you wouldn't be able to you know buy a gun or they could actually take your gun away i just find it interesting and in, in again um, in Texas, you, you know, you have to be in a lot of you have to be 21 to get a, to buy a handgun. Right. Um, and, and what I was going to say is now I, I have been with people in the South. And it is a different culture where there are kids 10 years old. They, they go duck hunting with their grandfather. And absolutely. You know, they, 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 we're not talking about hunting rifles here. We're talking about. Right. To me, that individual, and the same thing with Baltimore, they, they're, they're spiraling down by the time they reach the age 21, they, they will who knows what may have happened. They may take their own life, but they're not walking into a classroom and, and taking out those kids. Now, but here's one thing, Dan McGowan, in Rhode Island, you go, okay, I want that weapon. You purchase it. And they say, okay, we'll see you a week from today. Yeah. To wait see, a right. week. That kid walked right. out of the store with that weapon. That that's the right. part to me. I believe that's, that's the missing ingredient right there. And that, uh, Sebastian Gorka was attacking me on Twitter last night saying, <laughs> what about Waukesha Parade? Like, I, we, I don't care about someone in the Marines. I'm not talking about taking guns away. I'm talking about that individual and the kid in Buffalo. There's something wrong. They should not have access to those types of weapons. Well, use this scenario. Now, again, you and I, I think, would both agree. There is all kinds of scenarios where you might not prevent it's possible that this kid flew under. Yes, Understood. completely possible. But think about this: use use even the like you said the Rhode Island thing. You t- you you know you go in, you buy, you say you want to buy a gun. You're gonna get. You're gonna have to wait the seven or is it seven or ten days? I think it's seven days. Uh, you, you know, potentially in that in that time, maybe you do right thing to a friend maybe you do post something on facebook that's that causes somebody to flag something right now again it's not a guarantee by any means and what do we hear every time every single time we see shootings and you know mass shootings in this country say oh i knew you see someone comes out and says oh we saw this coming that person was a you know was a problem or they got bullied or whatever but you just never know. A little bit extra time, maybe somebody flags it. Maybe you prevent, you know, a massacre. Yes, but I, I want to come back to it. I, I just don't think it can be ignored. And I think you know, both the Buffalo showed doesn't have to be a school. I think he checked out a school in the area. He ended up at the grocery store, and then yep. this kid crashes his car into the school. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, right here, columnist of the Boston Globe on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, 
propane plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. We're speaking with columnists from the Boston Globe. It's Dan McGowan. And Dan McGowan, you also wrote a column. I thought that was good. You know, Boston, uh, before they move into the, you know, this the takeover for the schools, look at Providence. This is not, I would argue this hasn't, maybe, maybe now there's going to be some changes. And I know there's some teachers got flagged for the extra vacation, but I don't think anyone could look at the, the state takeover of the Providence schools as any, anything remotely resembling a success. No, you can't. And, and what I tried to do in writing this, obviously, it's a good overlap because because I write for the Boston Globe. But, you know, there are very clear lessons you can learn from Providence. You read the report, this scathing report that came out this week about, you know, about the, the state of the Boston public schools. I mean, it is eerily similar to that John's report in providence you know the only maybe the somewhat significant difference is you know boston students do tend to perform significantly better than providence students they just don't perform well compared to their you know suburban peers and and, and things like that but same idea right you you have you know a growing number of of english learners that aren't being you know uh, supported in a particularly great way the schools are crumbling you have massive dysfunction in the central office i mean you could have literally just changed Changed Providence to Boston in the Johns Hopkins report and pretty much, you know, made, made what I wrote in, in my column were, I think, pretty practical lessons about how to get this done. I think number one, uh, nobody likes to hear, oh, wait for kids because you're, you know, you're failing kids. Waiting until after this election in Massachusetts is really important. We saw this up close and personal. The the mood, you know, was it was already tough. The things were going slowly as as Governor Raimondo started being vetted in it for the Biden. But once Governor McKee got in there, look, he didn't want to upset everybody. Uh, he wanted to, you know, have some level of labor peace. Um, you know, in some ways, I don't blame him. He didn't. It wasn't his issue. Um, and I think the mood really changed uh, pretty significantly. So, you know, in Massachusetts, you've got a you've got a Republican governor, wildly popular, but but certainly has clapped the teachers unions. You are very likely that a Democrat governor, uh, an attorney general, Maura Healy, to, you know, in there. Uh, things could change, right? She's going to be likely supported by the teachers unions. That could change things up. And then lots of other just little things. You know, one other thing I said, um, and and I'm, you know me, John, I'm a like move fast, do big things, hate incremental progress. But one thing that, that, you know, I'm starting to think more and more of in Providence was, you know, rather than maybe tackling the entire problem, it might, you might have been able to get more done. You had said, okay, we're going to focus only on the middle schools. We're going to take the middle schools away from you. And the reason why I say that is the middle schools is where the biggest problems are. You know, if you were to get really aggressive, let's, for example, not saying this should have happened, but for example, if you said, uh, we're going to get rid of every teacher. We're going to fire every teacher, and we're going to, you know, only hire the ones back that we want. We're going to break the contract. We're going to do all those things. It's a lot harder to for you know a, they would they would do this. It's a lot fight back against school where three percent of kids are reading at grade level, right? Yes. It, the, yes. the challenge you all what would always end up happening is you 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 roll out the the wonderful elementary school that's doing all this great stuff or you start to talk about classical high school and you say well there's so much yep. good is going on it, the the, cha- the challenge is you know you do you, you you have the the pockets of success and that's kind of sort of weaponized against the big failures 
Um, and so, you know, I, I did. I just gave some a couple of lessons. I think the one thing that Boston can learn that Rhode Island did right, at least at the beginning, was uh, back what you and I used to talk about when when Angelica and Fonte Green came in there and engaged the the parents just those first couple of weeks after the Johns Hopkins report, yep. there was real momentum for change. It it's why, it's why yep. you saw no public opposition from, you know, virtually no public opposition from anyone, uh, you know, any elected official. Um, that faded, COVID certainly reason, but they right. did a good job there. Uh, that's one thing I would say to, to the folks in, in Massachusetts, you better build support because there will be mistakes. This thing won't be perfect and you need the goodwill you know, uh, you need people to trust you um, when those bad times come. They had the window. They had the window Absolutely. of opportunity. It's like a sporting match when you have them, but you can't get let them get back in the game. There's too resourceful. And they had, Dan McGowan, as you know, they had those Provi- that Providence Teachers Union. They had them on their heels. Absolutely. They were not adapt for this. A lot of phone calls back and forth. Um, Dan McGowan, I'm curious your thought with Michael Solomon leaving the uh, – the race mayor of Providence. I, you know, he's, he's a good guy. I've known him a long time. I've known that know the family it's to me, it's forever going to be July of 2014. It was, it was looking good for Michael Solomon and, um, and just, you know, things just didn't break his way. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, it's, it's so interesting. We would, we, uh, with, without one thing, I think if, if Brett Smiley, uh, eight years ago, does drop yep. out of the race and endorse Jorge Alorza. I think you'd probably be on year eight of Michael Solomon as mayor. Uh, imagine yep. how different that would be just philosophically, right? He was He's a guy who's a moderate kind of businessman. Um, yeah. who, know, who knows whether he would have been a great mayor or not, but imagine right. him and the very progressive mayor Alorza. So That's right. you, you very much could be on that you know, year eight. And so, you know, he wanted to do it again. He said, I, you know, I think I still got it in me. Uh, the campaign never came together, right? He put a bunch of money in, but he, he, did, he couldn't get the old gang back together that, you know, was, yeah. was behind him in the first place. Um, and then, you know, he, he appears to be likely to endorse Brett Smiley, the guy wow. who ended his political career. Yeah, amazing. Um, and I, when I talked to him last week about this, uh, and as you know, you mentioned roadmap, you know, it's where we broke the story that, that Michael Solomon was dropping out of the race. And I said, and you broke you know, that Brett Smiley was dropping out of the race. <laughs> that's so right. You that, own this story forever. August when, uh, 2014. <laughs> that's right. When, uh, when, when I asked him, I said, Mike, this is bittersweet. You, I know how you feel personally about Brett Smiley. And let's be there. They are, they are not, you know, going to the, you know, hope club on the East side and having lunch. They are not friends. No. Uh, and he, he acknowledged bittersweet, but you know, he, he kind of reminded me of the same thing he said after the democratic primary for, for, uh, for mayor. Remember he, he jumped out, he got beat, beat by five, six points by Jorge Lourdes. The next day he was, you know, showing the mayor around the South side saying, we have to beat buddy Sianci. Right. Democrat, we as Democrats, um, and same same idea here. He said, "Look, I look at this field, and I see one candidate who who's talking about the things that I care about, and that's Brett yep. Smiley." And so it does look like he's going to end up endorsing. And you know, you can debate whether or not it's it's a significant endorsement. I will tell you this: I live in the the neighborhood Michael Solomon represented. It's Ward Five, Mount Pleasant, Elmhurst. There are still yep. people here who think pretty, you know, highly of Michael Solomon. They remember yeah. him as an effective councilman. They know the family. And so it will play, you know, an endorsement of, you know, a mailer uh, with Mike Solomon's face on a card saying, hey, I'm supporting Brett. You should, too. That will be a factor in this race. Yeah. The, um, and again, folks, so speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, this Providence Democrat mayoral, I mean, this really is a, a Providence mayoral primary. When you have, you know, um, Nerva, who is, you know, a woman of color who's running against Gonzalo, who is Latino, against the openly gay Brett Smiley, that, that, is, that is definitely a <laughs> Providence. And it shows you, you know, definitely reflective of the city. But I, I, that to me, like you go outside of Providence, and I'm just not sure that's the the makeup constituents of those running for office. Dan McGowan, what would you make of the fact that uh, 
that Stefan Pryor also got the endorsement over at Diosa for the for the treasurer's spot. That caught a lot of people off guard. Yeah, well, what's what shows you is that uh, what everybody has been speculating for months that Stefan Pryor would jump in this treasurer's race. Yeah. Clearly, clearly that that has been accurate because wow. uh, you know how do you get that endorsement? Um, you know, right? I, I think it is. I think it it's meaningful. It's almost more meaningful Stefan than almost anybody else in that race yes. because. It does show you, look, I'm serious here. And sure, James Diosa got out first and he's been running for, I think, six months now. But Stefan Pryor is now here. He's going to be a factor. Look, he's going to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars, I think, in this race. Um, and this is going to come down to a, you know, a conversation about, uh, look, Stefan Pryor, I don't think is going to be a dynamic campaigner. No. Um, but I think he's going to try to make the case that, you know, you need, you know, high level of competence in that treasurer's office. And I think he's going to, you know, uh, I'm interested to see how negative he's willing to go. But I think, you know, he, he sees a very clear difference between being, you know, the mayor of Central Falls, who, you know, whose finances were essentially controlled by the state and, right. you know, who, who didn't have a ton of responsibility. Uh, I, I think he sees, you know, I think he sees a clear contrast and this will be, you know, it'll be a clear effort of kind of grassroots uh, campaigning versus, you know, I think a very traditional route of getting a lot of endorsements and, uh, you know, particularly unions and stuff like that and, and trying to win it that way. And, and it's a down ballot race. So, you know, it's not going to get a ton Right. You're not you're not getting debates at the PPAC on this. No. And, and uh, Diosa, I mean, you know, at one point he I mean, I thought I think he thought and he wasn't wrong that he was maybe going to be the next lieutenant governor. That's right. Talk about, watch how things can change in a year. And also, what about the fact that Ruggiero getting the endorsement over Sabino Matos? Yeah, and that's that shows you. I mean, one, Deb Ruggiero is somebody who, who is kind of in touch with her, yeah. you know, those local Democratic town committees and stuff like that. Yeah. So she's good at that stuff. She's been around a while. But I do think that's also a reflection of the McKee administration, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure a lot of those folks know Sabino Matos really well. I think they probably look at her as Dan McKee's number two, right? And that's that was by design uh, between those two. But this is where it hurts, right? If suddenly people are starting to doubt, I mean, you're hearing this the same way as I am, that you know, there's lots of kind of hedging of bets right now. Yep. I think people who thought Dan McKee was a solid uh, oh, winner, no th- you know, three months ago, they don't think that now, and that is rubbing off on. Um, on Sabina Matos, who's, you know, really staked her entire political career to Dan McKay. Yeah. And I noticed, you know, she's having her own ceremony in the uh, it, they're starting to put her out a little bit more. And yeah, and I that, saw that. the fact that he switched his profile picture, include the two of them. I'm sorry. It reminds me of Facebook, like when someone's announcing they're now in a serious relationship. Right, we're, we're committed to see like, oh, OK, you know, status change there. Now they are committed. And sometimes it's like when after someone gets engaged, um, <laughs> folks, he's also uh, a, a big uh, basketball fan. And this is very exciting in Roadmap to McGowan. Last night when the Celtics came out. Um, what, what has become the National Blowout Association, you knew that something yeah. was up when the fact that, that it was still a very tight game at halftime. But I give credit to that Celtics coach and the team that last night they came out, turned the tide in the third quarter, never looked back. That was a big time win last night in Miami. Huge win. And, and that's a mention. Give credit to the coach because, you know, I remember you and I talked about this. I, I always joke. I think I, I the only run in that I've had with COVID, I think I got COVID at the, the TD Garden watching, right. a, you know, a Celtics Knicks game back in December or January. And I'll say, tell you, the, the Celtics won that night, but they were limping along. I mean, there was a lot of talk. This coach is, you know, he's never done it on the, you know, on the head coach level. And, you know, he, he was, remember he was, he was having kind of public disagreements with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah. Uh, they have really whipped oh. this thing into shape that the players love him. He seems to make all the right decisions. And now yep. it does look like as, as you and I talked today, it looks like you could get, I mean, you couldn't get a better series. I mean, think about it for the ratings and for the high, you know, Boston kind of the, 
you know, traditional home of, of basketball in a lot yes. of ways, at least on the East Coast. And then you're going to you're going to get the most famous team, the most famous player, Golden State, uh, yes. you know, and Steph Curry. This is going to be great for the ratings. It's going to be good basketball. You're going to see a lot of points. I think it'll be fun. Uh, you know, you do kind of get a, a good potentially a, a good defensive, you know, the defensive Celtics versus this, you know, the they're kind of like the Showtime Warriors in some ways. So this is going to be like an old school Lakers Celtics matchup. Just uh, just instead, it's going to be the Warriors. When when Brown went through the lane and, and slammed the ball in the dunk, that was the nail of the coffin. That's absolutely night. Now, folks, you hear us uh, mention roadmap quite a bit. and You get a lot of tips such as. Dan McGowan, I want to give him credit. He was the first one to say, I love this new show. We we own this city. And it is, you're right. It is awesome. I'm not ready to say it's better than Wire, but it's it's really good television. It's getting right there. <laughs> John Burenthal, boy, if he doesn't get the Golden Globe for this, he oh. is just awesome. Um, Dan McGowan, how can people listening right now get Roadmap? Yeah, you're, you're right, John. I, I try to uh, both provide the news, but also tell you things you might like on television or, or in the movies. Uh, very simple uh, and very free, most importantly. Uh, send me a blank email. You don't have to write anything in the subject line. Just send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com. I'll know what it is, rinews at globe.com, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan McGowan, great job. Happy Memorial Day, and we'll talk to you again. Hey, stay safe out there and enjoy Memorial Day. See ya. Time means grill time. And for the best grill, get a new grill. Stop in and see my friends. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. J apostrophe S, Broadway Appliance and TV. Located 47 Cedar Swamp Road. That's Route 5, Smithfield. You can call them 401-949-7800. Springtime, summer, this is the best time to grill outside. They have a great selection on grills. They also have a great selection on all appliances. Family-run business since 1963. Remember, you're going to deal directly with the owner, and they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances. Do you need a new refrigerator? How about a new dishwasher, washing machine, dryer, oven, microwave, Jay's Broadway Appliance. Look for them online at jsappliance.com. Also on Facebook, springtime, summer is grill time. Stop in and see them. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. You can make an appointment for more personal Saturday and Sunday appointments. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 401-949-7800. Better yet, drive in and see them. 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dePietro.com portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, dipetro.com. The Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick.